Hello and welcome to episode 209. That's right, episode 209 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today uh, we'll be talking about the Oxford Properties Canadian Open, which is coming up April 11th through to the uh, 15th, hosted by the Bow Valley Athletic Club in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And we have on today none other none other than the uh, CEO of the Bow Valley Athletic Club, Dean Brown. It's his thir- third appearance on the podcast. Uh, you might remember uh, Super Squash Saturdays with the the epic uh, hardball matchups between uh, Dean, uh, sorry, uh, Diego Elias and uh, Jonathan Power. Well, uh, Dean was the uh, the color commentator, I guess you could say, uh, for that one. Uh, Dean also came on a few months after that to. Uh, talk about the reopening of the Bow Bo Valley Athletic Club along with uh, his partner in crime and my good buddy uh, Darren Thompson. And today he comes on to tell us a bit about the uh, Oxford Properties Canadian Open. And uh, again, uh, Bow Valley is the host and there's plenty to, to talk about. It uh, sounds like a fantastic event. It's a men's and women's uh, pro event. Uh, the women's uh, side is a 30K. Uh, the men's event is a 10K. Uh, women's event uh, sounds very exciting. You've got, I believe, three players inside the top 21 in the world, uh, including plenty of Canadian interest and also a uh, very, uh, very intriguing local interest. Our defending national champion and world number 21, Danielle Letourneau, uh, she'll be in there. Holly Naughton obviously will be playing as well. Uh, several other Canadian girls uh, in there. And the uh, the number one scene is Olivia Fleichter. And uh, she'll be uh, the girl to beat. Um, there'll be plenty of, uh, of excellent squash uh, on the women's side uh, of that draw. And then uh, also on the men's side, uh, again, a lot of uh, Canadian interest and local interest. Uh, semi-retired Andrew Schnell of uh, Calgary. He makes a return uh, to the Pro Tour for this event. And uh, no doubt he'll be fit. But has he been playing? Uh, I'm sure he's been playing a bit. I, he may have even played in the recently in the recent um, university game, university uh, squash championships uh, that were held. I think uh, uh, Mike McHugh and Sam Cornette ended up winning uh, winning that event. But um, anyways, Andrew will be there. And uh, along with Andrew, all of the uh, the usual suspects of Canadian squash, including uh, we're defending uh, national champion and Canadian number one, David Bayarjan, and of course, a Canadian legend and several times over national champion, Sean Delier will be there along with... Uh, Big Nick Sackfee. Uh, haven't had Nick on the pod uh, in a while. Uh, would love to have him back. So maybe uh, uh, after this event, we can get him back on. But uh, lots of great, uh, lots of Canadian interest. Uh, number one seed in this event uh, is Henry Lung of uh, Hong Kong. And I think there are five uh, Hong Kong natives in this uh, in the draw uh, for this event uh, amongst uh, many others. So it should be uh, a very intriguing uh, men's event as well. Plenty of Canadian interest again um, in both the men's and women's draw. So there's plenty uh, to look forward to with the uh, Canadian Open. We uh, and Dean and I uh, take a look and discuss uh, a bit about that. We also talk about the uh, the Power Court, which will be uh, used for this event, and it's being put up uh, as we speak. Uh, and Dean tells us the importance behind the Power Court. Uh, I believe it. Uh, got its name uh, at the end of last year at Niagara-on-the-Lakes 
at an official ceremony um, during, I think it was the Canadian Junior Nationals. I could be mistaken uh, about that. But um, anyways, that's something that, that Dean and I talk about. Also, Dean uh, discusses uh, why this is such an important event for the city of Calgary and as many of you might remember Bankers Hall uh, and our friend of the friend of the podcast Bobby Ballinger who's the the head pro there um, they hosted a fantastic event every year it drew uh, many of the top young talents from around the world uh, well they had to close their club uh, last year during or I think it was a little over a year ago maybe as a result of course uh, of the uh, due to the COVID uh, epidemic and its impact on squash and any rate um, I think Dean and the, the Calgary squash community wanted to perhaps fill that void and uh, put uh, pro squash back on the map. It's something uh, that uh, I think Dean, Dean and I discussed a little bit. I'm not sure if that was his intention, but I'm sure that was part of it. And uh, anyways, we discuss a, a little bit about that. So, yep, the Canadian Open, the Oxford Properties Canadian Open, April 11th to 15th. It's coming up. And uh, really enjoyed uh, catching up with Dean Brown, the CEO of the Bow Valley Athletic Club, the hosts of the Canadian Open Oxford Properties, April 11th to 15th. Enjoy the podcast. Jerry. Hey, Dean. How you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, buddy. Good to see you, man. Good to, or yeah, I, yeah. I, I got, well, I got your, uh, I got that. I, I like the nice profile pic there. It looks good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey. Yeah, yeah. How's Dubai? The, uh, the British Open there. Did you, uh, did you watch any of that? No, yeah. I haven't. No, who, who won? Uh, Cole just hammered uh, Ali Farag. Three love. Oh, he did, eh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Hamami beat uh, Noran Gohar. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, some good squash. The ladies' match was was very, very tight. Very, yeah, it was very good. Good squash. And the sort of ant- the first game of the men's final was good. But then Cole just, uh, as he tends to do, war alley down. Yeah. Yeah. It. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So how, how's everything? Good to see. Uh, good to have you back on the podcast, by the way, Dean. This is your third, uh, your third appearance. Uh, the first of which uh, I think I reached out to you uh, shortly or was in the midst of the Super Squash Saturdays. Uh, oh, that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was absolute. That was epic while it lasted. Uh, Short lived <laughs> as it was. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, with uh, with the Bow Valley Athletic Club uh, uh, getting off the ground, I think you you and Darren came on after that, and now we've got uh, right. a big event coming up the uh, the Oxford Properties uh, Canadian Open. Yeah, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. The courts uh, going up as we speak. Um, it should be up tomorrow, um, a week before the event, to create some excitement and things. And then it starts on the 11th of April to the 15th. That's brilliant. Yeah, I um, I, I know, uh, yeah, from the 11th to the 15th. Now, uh, you've got a men's uh, 10K event and a women's uh, 30K event, and it includes, uh, uh, just judging from the draw, plenty of local uh, local and uh, national interest. So uh, basically, what, what was the genesis of the event, uh, Dean, and um, sort of... What was what uh, what sort of caused you and Bow Valley to want to sink your teeth into uh, the Canadian Open? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been involved in these things before, as you probably know. I was helped with the, the event in Toronto at BC Place years ago, um, and just when we were doing the deal with Oxford, uh, 
the space that uh, the court is in now, like when we walked into the building, it was just like, man, this would be perfect for a glass court event. Uh, and the court fits like absolutely perfectly in there. And we thought it would. Um, so it's really, we, we did our deal with Oxford for the Bow Valley. And then uh, sort of through that, I brought up the idea to Oxford about having these, um, having an event there. Um, and they, uh, I think just as a result of, of COVID and people not, in their properties. They, they, they like the idea to create some excitement and create people coming into their properties and trying to get them active again. So um, from that, it really became a three uh, event deal with Oxford. So Oxford put money into an event in Toronto at Yorkdale mall. And that, uh, that was the Canadian championships. Uh, this is the second event that they're, they're behind. And then they're doing a, a third one uh, in Vancouver in May, which is an outdoor tented event. So they, uh, yeah, through our sort of relationship with them as our, our landlord, that's how the event came about. So I mean, a great thing for Canadian squash for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now Calgary's always been, uh, always been a staple on the PSA calendar. They had their, their challenger series events and, uh, namely with, uh, with Bobby Ballinger's bankers. Hall yeah. event. Uh, so was there a void? Uh, you know, unfortunately, as many of us know, Bankers Hall uh, closed there about a year ago. And uh, was there a void uh, there that maybe uh, you and the Calgary squash community felt uh, needed to be filled? Uh, is that is that part of this as well? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it, that's a result of it. It's not wasn't really our thinking at the time. It was really just to create a cool event in Bull Valley Square. Um, and I think if, if Bankers Hall hadn't have closed, this thing would still be happening. So um, it was really two things. One, to do something cool and put our name on the map here in Calgary and, and to support squash. And whether this would have been, you know, a, a second event in the city um, or the only one, it was kind of irrelevant to us. We just wanted them to get it going. Right on. Now, now Calgary for, for, a, a lot of people who might be listening may not, they may not know uh, the, the area around Bow Valley or what that is, but Bow Valley, the, the athletic club is sort of right downtown uh, Calgary, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. It would be like center ice downtown Calgary for sure. So right in the middle of the business community, um, it would, it, you know, through these things they call the, the, the plus 15, which is sort of similar to the path system in Toronto. Um, there's a number of buildings connected um, into it. So people don't have to walk outside. Um, yeah. and yeah. so it's, it's a, it's a very, Damn cold out there, man. is it ever <laughs> still, <laughs> it's not like where you live. That's for sure. Oh man. It's got, it got hot this week. Oh, yeah. 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 Can't you tell my, I was out and I was playing golf today. I think I'm yeah, totally different color than what I was when I started. <laughs> if, if you're looking for me to feel sorry for you, I'm not going to. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a bit patronizing. Sorry. About that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, we're looking forward to it. I mean, we got a really good field. Um, the women's side in particular, you know, we've got both Holly and Danielle who are both in the top four seats. Uh, and on opposite sides of the draw. So there's a chance there could be an all Canadian final. Um, you know, I know that uh, the, the Fisher and, and the, uh, the fourth seed Lisa, she, they're tough customers. So who knows if yeah. that'll happen, but we'll have a really good uh, Canadian content in the, in the women's side. And then um, on the men's side, you know, there's a bunch of guys in there that are, 
you know, up and comers that, you know, really could be potentially top 20 guys in the next year. So um, it's going to be great squash and, and just the court going up sort of the last few days and people seeing it go up, it's going to be something that no one's really ever seen in Calgary. So it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about both the men's and women's draws. Uh, uh, but before that, I, I, that's exactly what that uh, what I wanted to talk to you about uh, the power. I, I guess this is the the new power court, which was unveiled uh, in Niagara on the lake, over at Matt Easingwood's uh, neck of the woods there, uh, uh, back in December, I think. So, uh, for people who might not be aware or familiar with uh, the power court, uh, which I think is the court that's being erected there yep. for the event uh, could you give us a uh, maybe a little bit of a backstory uh on that one because I, I even uh, i just know sort of the basics that that it sort of came to fruition with that uh at in uh, niagara earlier uh or i guess at the end of last year yeah i mean I, i'm not entirely sure of the, uh, the court I, i'm not sure if it came from the nsa which is jonathan and, and gary's old um you know club in toronto um, but yeah, but this court is a Squash Canada owned court, which, you know, helps things tremendously with in terms of uh, running events. Uh, you know, the, the the court that we used in, in Toronto at BC place years ago, I mean, it was it was I think it was owned by the PSA. And so the cost to, to do it was almost double what it is now because, you know, you've got Squash Canada's support here. So right. I think. Uh, you know, however it sort of transpired, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not in the inner loop of Squash Canada in that regard, but um, the fact that they have this court now, I think it will help a lot with just bringing events to Canada. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I guess it, it, it does uh, save some money and it, and it does cost a bit of money to, to put these events on, as I'm sure, uh, sure you're well aware. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, even back in, Helping John Nimick do the uh, the the, the uh, YMG and the Pace Classic years ago. I mean, I, my my recollection was it was like seventy thousand US just to get the court there and put it up. So right yeah. away, that's before you raise one dollar of prize money. So um, whereas this, without getting into the numbers, is significantly less with Squash Canada's support. Yeah, brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, you you alluded to both events, the men's and women's events. So let you know, let's uh, let's have a little chat about the the women's event. Um, it's a thirty k event, and uh, there's some big names in the draw, like you mentioned, Olivia Fleiker. Uh, she's I think she's number eleven in the world. Then you've got uh, our great Canadian girls. Uh, I think we've got at least three, maybe two. Well, uh, Holly is in the top twenty, and Danielle is uh, uh, twenty one in the world. And uh, as you mentioned, Lisa Aiken, who. I think she she could be a dark horse uh, to win it uh, this weekend. So, uh, just wondering what what you feel about the the quality of the the ladies event there. Yeah, no, I think it's great, and uh, um, the fact we got two women ranked so high. I mean, this is that's the first time we've ever had that. So that that's that's incredible in itself, and the fact that Danielle's from Calgary, I think, will obviously add a local flair. Um, yeah. Yeah, she, she's yeah, played well uh, on the big stage there. And I think she won, won the Nationals uh, maybe two, three years ago when they were in Calgary. She did. And then she just won it on this same court in Yorkdale, right? Um, she beat Holly um, right. in an upset in the final. So, um, yeah, we'll see how those guys do. Um, the other, I, the, the great thing, too, is the women's draw. 
in particular, I think there's 13 different countries represented in it. Yeah. So that's a real gives, you know, for people that don't really know what this event is about, it gives it a real international flair and shows, you know, the global reach of squash. Um, so, uh, you know, where the draws will be posted this week around the court. I'm expecting a lot of people to be walking around Bull Valley Square, sort of what the hell is that glass thing? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, our, our ticket sales are going really well. We've got like these VIP passes for the week that are almost sold out. Um, and now that the court is up, we've, we've identified we can probably add an, another 100 seats. There's, there's more room on the front wall than we thought, and we can probably squeeze a few in on the side too. So. Um, fun. Would it be fun, fun, wouldn't it, to go out and do one of these, uh, you know, interview the, you know, the local community and ask them what they think is going to happen on that uh, glass? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I bet you get some pretty wild responses. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, of course, on, on the men's side, uh, you, I was going to mention as well, there's a, there's a real global presence there. But uh, interestingly, uh, I think five or six guys from Hong Kong, including uh, Henry Lung, the uh, he's number one seed uh, going into the event. So that that's also uh, that also bodes well. And then you have uh, coming out of retirement, I think Andrew Schnell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And then <clears throat> there's a few Canadian players in it. You know, Sack Sackvi's in it. We've got a local kid, Brett Shilley, who uh, is is going to give his uh, give it give it a go on the tours playing. Um, so there's a bunch of Canadian guys, a few Canadian uh, first round matches, which will be fun too. Um, yeah, uh, Bayar by the defending national champion, he's our number one player right now, isn't he? Number one. Correct. Yeah, and I think yeah. I believe he's third seed at the event. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean the, the uh, you know we we wanted to put women on the on the on the center stage just. You know, for the fact that also the Bull Valley was a men-only club for so many years. So we wanted to show that where this is a new group that support women in the game. Um, but, yeah, there's no no doubt the men's side, uh, even though it's a it's more of a challenger event, the, the level is super high. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, and it also, I guess, the 30-10 split sort of reflects, uh, you know, Canada's standing on the global uh, squash scene in terms of, you know, the, the, the women being uh, – doing so well uh, yeah no exactly yeah, yeah. exactly so no, it's gonna be fun yeah i was just wondering uh, crombie didn't uh, try to sneak in a wild card <laughs> he, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't but no he did not <laughs> no <laughs> i yeah. actually saw him a few weeks ago he was in town and same as ever it was pretty fun absolutely yeah that, that would have been a laugh yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Now, um, now before we sign off, I've been meaning to uh, to dedicate, and I hadn't gotten around to it. I, I took a, a little bit of a hiatus towards the end of last year with the podcast, and I'm, I'm sort of back again. But um, I was meaning to get someone on to speak uh, for for an entire episode on uh, the late uh, Western Mustangs legend, uh, Coach Jack Fairs, someone who you played for for a yeah. Few uh, and unfortunately, you know, he passed uh, a while, a little while ago. So if you, if you don't mind, uh, Dean, uh, could you tell us, give, give us a little bit of, a, you know, what it was like uh, playing for Jack uh, during those years when you, uh, I think you played for Western uh, back in the early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, for, uh, I did. Yeah, I well, yeah, I graduated from Western in '95, so I uh, I played for the team '92 to '95. I had to sit out a year because I made about three hundred dollars playing pro one year. So <laughs> I had to sit out. okay, who? Yeah, and uh, no, but I mean, he was just uh, he was such a unique man. Um, he was uh, the most positive guy probably I've ever met in my life. Like the story I used to always tell about Jack was. Uh, you know, he would be like 85 years old driving the bus to Cornell to, to play squash. And, you know, there, there'd be a cloud of accidents behind us because he wasn't the best driver at that time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I remember one in particular, we'd all rotate taking uh, turns in the front seat. And uh, he never, ever lost his temper. And another player on the team, I don't know if you remember Steve Eastwood, but Steve sort of said, you know what, I'm going to try and see if I can get Jack upset. And he got, and it was his turn in the front seat and he was just miserable, complaining about everything, complaining about Jack's driving, complaining how long it was taking to get there <laughs> and uh, over and over and kind of looking at us in the back seat with a smile. And then uh, it was time to rotate <laughs> and Steve got out of the front seat and I got into the front seat and Jack just looked at me and he went, shit, Steve Eastwood's got a bad temper. Poor guy. (laughs) (laughs) That backfired. (laughs) It's like zero effect. In fact, he felt sorry for Steve. So that's the type of guy he was. And he he was just, uh, he was a beauty. And, uh, you know, lived a long life, like 99, I think he was. So uh, 99 years old. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I think he died like a week before his 99th birthday. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, I lived a long, long life, did a lot of sports. And that would be a great thing to be a lot of guys, I think, Jerry, that would want to talk on that podcast if you did that. Yeah, for sure. I, I did reach out to Jamie, uh, actually, uh, and he was keen to do it. And then we just never uh, got around to it. So maybe maybe I'll have Kromsky uh, on. Yeah, and Scott Stoneberg would be another guy. Okay. Scott yes, Donald. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there'd be a few Scott, guys. I, uh, you know, I, I first met Scott. We played. Uh, we we did the uh, Jahangir Khan Ramit Khan squash camp together. Oh, nice! Back back, nice. back in uh, I think it was eighty uh, four or eighty five. It was in at Valhalla. Yeah, yeah. Good Max up. Withers was there. Max Withers, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I think he was involved. Uh, he was helping with the coaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, because he was pretty, probably sober too, right? Again, all the best with the the Canadian Open. It sounds like it, it, it's real. Things are really uh, coming together. And uh, did we leave anything? Did we miss anything? No, I think we're good. And and, and thank thanks for doing this and uh, you know getting the word out more on this event. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, look forward to April eleventh. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot for doing it, Dean. Oh, okay, Jerry. Thanks, bud. Well, many thanks to Dean for that and all the best uh, to him and the Bow Valley team and the Canadian Open organizers. April 11th to 15th, the Canadian Open, hosted by the Bow Valley Athletic Club. Thanks again. Dean Brown, always enjoy catching up with him. Now, uh, also a big shout out to Nick Rasula, who helped uh, to set this up for me and also want to wish him all the best with the Canadian Open as well. Um, now, uh, let's just, uh, just a quick one about the, uh, the British open, uh, what a fantastic event that was and, uh, a couple of surprises there and a couple of, uh, 
you know, I think someone uh, definitely served the rest of his competition notice. But first of all, let's, uh, I just want to talk about the women's event uh, just to, just briefly. Um, Haniel Hamami uh, taking the, the women's uh, title. And uh, what a gutsy, talented uh, girl she is. And what a great performance that was uh, in the final. Uh, PJ, uh, in the preamble to, to the match, uh, pretty much wrote her off, uh, saying it would it probably be a three-love uh, three loss for, for Hamami. And, uh, you know, rightfully so. I mean, the way... Uh, the way Norhan's been playing us, she's reached uh, nine straight major open finals. And, uh, you know, you just go out and watch her play and you say, there's not, there aren't uh, many girls who can keep up with the pace that Norhan brings. But, um, but uh, Hanya really came out and played extremely well. Uh, she, she imposed her game. She didn't back down. She just kept going when it looked like uh, Norhan was about to uh, maybe take over. There's a little, what appeared to be uh, perhaps a chink in the armor uh, Hanya doubled down and just kept fighting and fighting and kept playing her game and that's exactly uh, what resulted uh, what caused the outcome so we have a British Open winner at the age of 21 uh, congratulations to Hanya now as for Noran I'm not sure uh, exactly what happened there she looked like she was playing pretty well and she was uh, you know she definitely was hitting the ball at pace and moving well it just seemed to me that perhaps uh, she was a half step behind the normal uh, ferocious pace with which she's been known to play uh, these days um, maybe I'm wrong there but uh, just seemed as though she was she was lacking a little bit of the intensity not much but just a little bit and uh, you know just uh, you give a little bit like that to someone like Hanya uh, El Hamami then you're you're bound to uh, have be in for a long day and that's exactly what happened there it looked like um, really at times that uh, that Naren didn't really have an answer for uh, the game that Hanya had brought you know she kept fighting she kept hunting balls down kept retrieving uh, good depth and good uh, balls that were hit with pace it didn't really uh, bother uh, Hanya she kept uh, kept her uh, focus and that was the the end result was a British Open Championship so again uh, congratulations to Hanya now on the men's side um, I'm really uh, at a loss for words uh, as for Paul Cole indefinitely at a loss for words his performance against uh, the very best players at the top of the game uh, over, uh, from the quarterfinals onwards Diego Elias uh, Mustafa Saul and then uh, Ali Frag all those guys I would have given uh, a pretty good chance of beating uh, Paul but none of them were able to take a game off of him they all came relatively close particularly uh, let's say Diego uh, came close uh, in a couple of games there and Mustafa, he was a, a little bit fatigued, and I don't think he he didn't really have the wherewithal to uh, to compete with Paul physically uh, on that day. But regardless, even if he was in in uh, you know physically uh, top shape, I'm not too sure that he'd be able to uh, would have gotten a game. Anyways, I think Paul's raised the bar, and again, obviously in the final against Ali, it wasn't really uh, that close. Uh, Paul had his way with him. Uh, and I think he's definitely served the rest of the guys notice um, you know he's raised the bar and they're going to have to uh, do something a little bit different you know they're definitely going to have to get fitter they're going to have to become a little bit a little bit more physical and uh, all of them I think all the guys on the tour 
uh, all the top guys, they have their own variety of squash that they can play. That can be that that is definitely winning squash, but they're going to have to look long and hard at the physical aspect of the game so that they can back up uh, these rallies the way that they play and be able to hang in there. Uh, I mean, I'm not just I'm not saying that that's all that Paul has because he doesn't. He's got he's got the whole nine yards. He's got it all. Uh, you saw the shot variety that he had. He just uh, you know, he was waiting, was very patient, waited for his opportunities and put the ball away. I don't know if he made, he just made a handful of mistakes. And uh, that's what kept, uh, I think maybe it was at the first game, that's what kept that game close, just a handful of mistakes. But, uh, you know, when you're able to rely on that physical aspect of the game and then bring, you know, your the, the, the type of squash that you can play. And for Paul, I think he can, he can play just about... Uh, any variety uh, of squash if he wants to but uh, the way that he plays his patient length game looking for the opportunities not uh, forcing anything and putting the ball away when he knows his opponent's not going to get or or be, it'll be very difficult for them to get to the ball in the front court or in the back court regardless um, yeah he's definitely uh raise the bar, serve the rest of the guys on tour notice with that performance and with his recent performances with the exception I believe of Canary Wharf there, he may have been uh, laying the groundwork maybe for the British Open but uh, at any rate uh, congratulations to Paul Cole, a, a fantastic performance performance uh, of this uh, you know, maybe of this season, I mean uh, he's definitely risen above the rest of the guys on the men's uh, tour, so again Congratulations to, to Paul and his team, and congratulations to Hanyel Hamami for her first British Open at the age of 21. And everybody, uh, again, thanks uh, for listening. Uh, hope you're enjoying these podcasts. We've got, with any luck, Jamie Maddox coming up. We're going to talk about uh, the last couple of events. I know he's got thoughts. Uh, I'm going to have to ask him about the Sherbaggy brothers. Uh, I thought Marwan looked pretty good there. He just, uh, you know, he, he came up short. And uh, Mohammed, um, he might have a, a bit, he might be carrying a bit of an injury, uh, may need to, uh, to get a bit more fitness uh, on his side in order to, to compete with the likes of, uh, especially uh, with the likes of Paul Cole. But um, at any rate, looking forward to, uh, to talking uh, the pro game with Jamie, and I'm sure we'll get on to a few other topics as well, Jimi Hendrix and Neil Young perhaps. But uh, anyways, any, everybody enjoy your squash. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, and don't forget to, to share the pods with your friends, uh, with your squash uh, community on social uh, the Squash Podcast, is, it's available on all podcast uh, apps. And uh, by the way, I did have a, a great hit today. It's starting to heat up here in the UAE. And um, uh, last uh, Friday we played and we decided not to turn on the aircon on the court. We just played without it. And uh, oh my gosh, I, I nearly collapsed at the end. So today... Uh, um, I did uh, turn it on surreptitiously, and uh, my my partner. I, I think I'm a little bit fitter than he is, so, uh, but not by much. But uh, anyways, it was the right choice because we were. It was brutally hot today, and the courts were were still hot even with the air conditioning on. It was a great workout, great squash. I hope you guys are uh, enjoying yours as well. 
And I'm just making uh, summer plans now, uh, heading back, hopefully, to Nova Scotia for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, my daughter will be uh, heading off. This is the, my second uh, daughter uh, heading to university, starting a uh, university. We haven't decided uh, where she's going to go yet. Uh, perhaps Queens, perhaps York. Uh, we're thinking maybe... Uh, uh, Carlton's in the mix, uh, Dalhousie as well, my hometown, uh, St. Mary's is in there, so uh, we have some big decisions to make, but uh, looking forward to heading home. So if anyone listening in the Nova Scotia, Toronto area is looking for a hit, uh, even New Brunswick, I wouldn't mind uh, heading up uh, to the old uh, stomping grounds there, uh, Sneakers Athletic Club. I think they have a new facility there now in Moncton. Uh, I'd love to get up, uh, get back there and have a, have a hit. Uh, looking forward to maybe uh, hitting it around with uh, young Mac Bishop, uh, maybe uh, get a hit out, out there with him in Halifax. And uh, whoever else is around, if you're listening, uh, drop me a line. I'll be home uh, this summer. Uh, anyways, enough of that. Uh, the podcast is about up. Take care. Jamie Maddox coming up later in this week to do, to discuss the, the PSA tour and other relevant topics on the squash scene. And, uh, oh, Thierry Linku in a few weeks as well. So, so lots to look forward to here on the podcast in the upcoming weeks. Take care, everybody. All the best with your squash, with your families. Stay safe. Be well. Goodbye now.